Today's episode of Basketball Reasons is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Hello and welcome to Basketball Reasons on the Forum Club, part of the Athletics NBA Podcast Network. I am Bill Oram, joined as always by Brett Dawson. Brett, what's going on? Bill, the same stuff is going on. The same <laughs> stuff that was going on last week is going on this week, and it'll be going on next week. That's my guess. Which is to say, essential stuff is going on, not a lot else. Correct. Yeah, not not much else. I have I have left my apartment less than ever, I think. Uh, this week, so I've, I've, uh, I've socially distanced even more than I have recently because I, I just stocked up so much on groceries last week that I haven't had the need to leave, which is positive. That's what you're supposed to do. But um, yeah, a little stir crazy. Yeah, no, same. Um, this is the week that we passed the one month mark since the last Lakers game, which was March 10th against the Brooklyn Nets, a loss. And then, of course, March 11th uh, was the last day of games in the NBA. Um, and it's been a month and we don't quite know where it's going from there. But we are still we're still here. We're still thinking about the Lakers. We're still talking about the Lakers, still writing about the Lakers, Brett. Um, we uh, but this was the week, Brett, that we didn't want it to just be about what we thought. We wanted to go to the fans. We wanted the fans to ask us questions and um Things they wanted to know about the Lakers, about about us, about life in quarantine, about trying to find stories uh, when the stories aren't as obvious as they are during an NBA season. So, Brett, you and I took it to Twitter. We asked for questions. And and listen, the response was humbling. I think we could say that 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 would certainly be the an honest assessment of the response we got. Would you agree? Fair, fair to say I am humbled by yeah. What has happened uh, ac- um, accurately? Like a lot of people say they're humbled by something when that's not what they really mean. Um, in this case, we really mean it. No, it's it was humbling, maybe even a little deflating. Uh, uh, producer Andrew Schlecht, could you please tell us how many questions we received from the masses of our adoring fans when we when we asked question asked for questions this week? I think I saw one. That's one more than I saw. I and if it, you mean the question that was why would we do this essentially. Um, because they're not playing basketball till next year. Technically that is a question. One. Yeah, technically a question. Why? <laughs> I, did, did somebody actually say that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was a rhetorical question, but it was a question. All right. So why would we do this, Brett? Let's answer the question for that for that dear reader. Um, well, the reason we would do that is because we have a poll. Uh, and we thought the idea was, uh, because we're asking Laker fans questions, um, as, as we're doing all over the athletic, you know, the, the, from the Dodgers to, uh, I think the, you know, the, the Washington teams, the Philadelphia teams, the New York teams, I think we've done this in almost every market, uh, just a, a poll asking fans for their opinions about the team, some stuff about the history, some opinions about the future, um, things of that nature. What we thought was we're asking you some questions. 
here's a chance to, you know, for you to ask us some questions. So that is the why. Okay. And so in the absence of questions from fans, we are going to reframe Brett Dawson and producer Andrew Schlecht. Some of the questions that were part of our survey, which was available for voting this week. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you saw the survey, you um, had the opportunity to go participate. Uh, that is still up on The Athletic. If you want to go check it out, see the questions, consider your own answers. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Comment, send us tweets. Um, and then we'll have the results next week. And we'll talk about the results here on Basketball Reasons. We'll have a story on The Athletic. Um, but we will go over the results of what you, the fan, hopefully said. <laughs> and um, But in the meantime, uh, Brett, there were a few questions I think that we could really have some pretty robust discussion on. Um Without knowing the results of the poll, by the way, we haven't seen the survey results yet. Those will come this weekend. We'll write about them once we've seen them. We'll try to suss out what what they mean. But in the meantime, um, producer Andrew Schlecht is on the button. We're going to ask him to to read us some questions. Maybe I don't know, Schlecht. What do you think? Four or five questions, and yeah. let's and let's and let's try to get in the heads of Laker fans a little bit here, and then um, and and then we'll see what they end up saying uh, next week. Yeah, so let's go to the first question. I think this is pretty interesting. If you could have kept one player from the Lakers' young core, who would it have been? And your options are D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. And I think there's a as a way you can frame this too. One, if you could have just grabbed one and put them on the Lakers roster, who would you take? And then two, which one that was a little bit more feasible where maybe they could have used a different asset in a different way could you have kept? Yeah, so this is interesting to me, Brett, specifically, because I lived the each of those dudes' eras, right? Like, I, li- I lived the tanking to get the draft picks that became um, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, and those dudes were the, um, you know, the cornerstones of the rebuild and were viewed as um, so integral to the Lakers' success. And you can certainly link, link the pieces of how trading D'Angelo Russell – for Brooke, Brooke Lopez created the cap space and, and on and on and on, um, you know, and how um, and how, you, you know, obviously the Brandon Ingram trade got them Anthony Davis. But um, obviously none of those players, um, but I guess with the exception of Kyle Kuzma, had the opportunity to really flourish here on a, on a great Lakers team. And so if you're going to keep one of those guys, I mean, to me, there's an obvious answer Um it's because Brandon Ingram was an all-star this year and he's averaging 26 points a game in new Orleans. To me, that's the dude you keep, even if the fit with LeBron wasn't as good. Um, you know, if there was a way to keep LeBron or to keep Brandon Ingram, and I don't know that there was like, don't, I'm not saying that the Lakers should have traded Kyle Kuzma instead of Brandon Ingram. I don't know that. I don't think that deal gets done without Brandon Ingram in it. Like I think pretty clearly, but if I could have one of those players on my team, on any team, um, even, you know, specifically this Lakers team, too. Um, I'd want it to be Brandon Ingram, especially if he was able to shoot the ball the way he has in New Orleans this year. I, I think that's the thing. And I, I would love to argue with you and push back and, and, and pick a different guy. And I have another guy who I think is also would be fine with this Laker team now. Um, but Ingram is the right answer, I think, in terms of like uh, a guy who it, it, just projecting out how good they were going to be. And also... You know, I, I think you're right in that the fit. There's no question the fit with LeBron is imperfect, but that would also be true of Lonzo Ball. Now, the way Lonzo shot the ball um, in New Orleans has yeah. also been 
revelatory. Kudos to the shooting coaches in New Orleans, by the way. Um, they, they, both Who those is guys that, by the way? Because the Lakers took New Orleans shooting coach from last year, Mike Penberthy. Yeah. He's on Vogelstaff. So who is the shooting coach in New Orleans now? It's a good question. They deserve a raise, I guess, based on the way these two guys have shot the ball. Now, there's some other stuff there. There's opportunity stuff. There's all kinds of, of, of factors into this. And I think when you talk about shooting and you talk about an ability to play off the ball, um, like when it happened, the D'Angelo Russell trade was obviously like you understand the the math of that and the, you know, just the 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 logistics of why that trade happened when it happened. Russell now, uh, the player that he is, probably a fine fit. He's a guy who could play off the ball. You know, that's that's originally why the Warriors got him and the Warriors experiment wasn't great. But that's you know, that was part of the idea. That's a guy who I think would fit with what they have now. If you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, so many things fit. D'Angelo Russell would be fine. That would be a, a good player to have there. But I still think if you're picking one of those guys, you'd want Ingram. Yeah, I mean, listen, I could I could get on board with an argument for Russell just in terms of having that that other ball handler also very, very comfortable playing off the ball. You know, not a knockdown shooter, but certainly a guy you're comfortable with shooting the ball. Um, you know, I I I would I would worry about him as a spot up guy, I think, with LeBron being the primary ball handler, like he's almost too good to be like that, that release valve for LeBron. But um, I, I think that I, I, th- I think that there's certainly an argument to be made that he would be a more logical fit. And, and listen, it, it made sense last year going into July. You know, I wrote a story, you know, I caught up with Magic Johnson at the NBA Awards and, you know, say what you will about Magic's, you know, tenure running the Lakers. He was all in on the Lakers finding a way to sign D'Angelo Russell in free agency. Obviously, the Lakers put their eggs in the Kawhi Leonard basket. D'Angelo, you know, obviously goes to Golden State. But there was an argument to be made, and I think there was some momentum within the Lakers front office to at least, you know, cast a line in in D'Angelo Russell's direction last year. Now, they weren't going to give him the max deal that that the Warriors did in that sign-and-trade, but there was certainly a lot of logic to bringing in D'Angelo Russell to be kind of that third offensive piece next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. So there's certainly something there. Yeah. And I think when you, when you think about the discussions that we had about over the course of the regular season, um, which ended this week, by the way, weirdly, um, we would have had the last day of the regular season this, this week. Um, if you think about the things that we talked about, the, the weaknesses, the the things the Lakers really needed to shore up, one of the things was they needed this guy who could run the offense when LeBron was off the floor, but also play off of LeBron and AD when they were on the floor together. And in that sense, like I'm almost talking myself into D'Angelo Russell as the best fit out of those guys in terms of just how he might have plugged into what they have now, as opposed to a guy like Ingram, who, you know, I don't know exactly what the role is. He's the better player long term, I think. Sure. Um, but in terms of fits, may- maybe it is Russell. Maybe that's my maybe that's maybe that's my answer. I'm changing my answer to Vita Zubots. Next question, <laughs> Schlecht. Next question: What element is most important for the Lakers to build a dynasty? First option: adding a third star, finding a better complementary of pieces, uh, staying healthy, or coaching. Go for it, or, or other, or other. <laughs> If you have another you have reason. option of other bill. I mean, for me, it's it almost I think I think it takes more than just health, because I think when I think of being truly dyna- dynastic, that is at least three years, right? A minimum of three years of of total dominance and getting to the finals. Um, 
I think that the Laker, I would worry about the Lakers doing it three straight years with this core. They're not old, but they are older. LeBron would be 37 by the end of a third year to say nothing of, you know, guys like, you know, uh, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. So at some point you're going to have to be upgrading and freshening up the roster. Um, I, I'm kind of tempted by, by, by adding a third star. I kind of think that the Lakers could win a title this year, um, particularly in a West where, you know, you don't have golden state as a, as a threat right now, presumably they'll be back next year. Um, I think a third star would be the path, you know, a third star maybe in 2021 would be the path to setting the Lakers up for a seven, eight year you know, run, um, you know, where you eventually tr- can transition out of a LeBron James phase um, and, and, and continue to, and continue to dominate with AD and, you know, player X. Yeah. I think if the question is how do the Lake, what do the Lakers need to do to, to win a championship with LeBron and AD as their core, it's complimentary stuff. It's just the stuff around those guys. It's shoring up some of those weaknesses, like having that extra ball handler for when LeBron is off the floor, who initiates offense, the stuff that they've really struggled with. I think if you're just talking about winning a title with those two guys, then that's the answer. But if you're really talking about building a dynasty, I think a third star um, because to your point there, Bill, at some point that third star is really your first or second star. Right. He's really um, he's either the guy alongside Anthony Davis or Anthony Davis is the guy alongside him. However, that works out. Then it's just the nature. It's it's you know, it's life. It's LeBron James is is closer to the end than he is to the peak. Um, and think. he's had an incredible year. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe he's just going to defy all laws of nature because he's done it for this long. And the year that he had, I mean, the, the, the regular season that he had was staggering. It was great. You know, he's, he's, there are two guys really in the MVP discussion and he is one of those two guys. And so, um, you know, it's hard to say that right now, but I think if you're talking about a dynasty, you're talking about competing for five titles over the course of 10 seasons or whatever you're talking about under the assumption that you re-sign Anthony Davis, which I think everybody expects that, that AD is going to be a Laker for a long time. Then I think getting that other guy who's, who's the third guy for now, but ultimately is your other cornerstone piece. I, I think that's probably the most important thing again to the long term. If you're talking short term, it's different, but for the, for the long term, and that's what you mean when you say dynasty, that's gotta be the answer. Yeah. And I think also it's like when we say third star, I mean, D'Angelo Russell, to kind of pick up on our previous conversation, could have been the Lakers' third star this year, but he would have very much been the third star. He would have been the the, the number three guy. Um, you know, he can be the number one or number two guy on a different team, but on, on this team, he would have been pretty clearly third. You know, I think when Lakers fans think about a third star, they're thinking about Giannis, which is, um, you know, that 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 is a situation where suddenly he's really the number one star. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that quite ends up looking like, but if you're talking about a true, a true third, um, you know, Mount Rushmore type type face, um, obviously you're going to enjoy a lot of success for a long time, like a true big three. Next question. Select. This is truly a question that could only be asked on a Lakers podcast. Uh, Which superstar currently on another (laughs) team 
do you think is most likely to become a Laker in the future? And not just because it says a Laker in the future. I don't know that there's many other franchises that would ask themselves this question that would be legitimate. I mean, is, I mean it's just presumed, right? Especially, I mean, listen, I, having covered the free, the free agent uh, pursuits of Carmelo Anthony, LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg Monroe, like Laker fans and the Lakers are the Lakers fans are an extension of the Lakers organization because this is how the Lakers think. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lakers were not content building around four or five, you know, really, really good young first round picks and building a team and empowering those players. They they were constantly big game hunting and looking for that next star to take the mantle from Kobe. And they obviously have eventually got LeBron James which led to Anthony Davis. And there's really no reason to think the Lakers would, would stop now. Um, I, th- I think, so one, if you look at the history of the league, historically, a lot of superstars end up, you know, by, by their second or third team, just end up with the Lakers. It, it just, it happens. Um, that's not to say it happens to most superstars, but in each decade, there is a superstar who finds his way to LA. Um, and, and so it is reasonable to think that LeBron will not be the last one. And you and and considering there's, you know, however many active superstars who are still you know, on first and second contracts are still in their 20s. Um, it's reasonable to think that there is an all star MVP caliber player out there today who will play for the Lakers someday. Um, the rest of the league hates this about the Lakers, but it is. It is there's enough history to support the um, the belief that it will happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's become so, fact. There's, there's Andrew no Andrew sitting in his production booth in Oklahoma City is steaming now. There's like he wiped the, <laughs> the windows of his recording booth. Uh, I mean, listen, small market I mean, Oklahoma City. I mean, By the way, select uh, you are on a Lakers podcast. This is you've done it. You have you have shacked shacked. <laughs> <I'm> shacked. <laughs> By the way, um. Bill, it's not a very bold prediction that LeBron will not be the last superstar to make his way here. He is not the most recent superstar to make his way here. Yep. For sure. Yep. Great point. Uh, let's go over the list. So the list is Giannis, Damian Lillard, James I will Harden. say this was, fun, this was a fun list to make because I was yeah. like, who can I piss off the most? Right. <laughs> and we we talked about this much more than we talked about the category, like the, the potential answers for the other categories. Uh-huh. Because this one is fun. It's fun to speculate, and also there's like a we left off a lot of guys who make some sense. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this Chris one's Paul. really this one's really funny. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, that would be that would be a great one to end up on the Lakers, uh, and then Luca. So, which of those is uh, most likely to become a Laker in the future? It's such a good question <laughs> that it's really it is really hard to answer. Like, part of me wants to cop out and say. Luca's the furthest away from from a decision about this, and so it's it's Luca by default because this has to happen a little sooner. There's a part of me that thinks it's Harden just because I I don't know how long the Rockets thing is going to last, um, and he's an LA guy. That's I, th- I think his LA ties are are really the main reason he's on the list. But the Rockets thing I think could if it doesn't work. Uh, long term, it could come apart a little bit, and he could be looking for another team at some point. That's purely speculative, as as is this entire exercise. Um, I I don't want to say it's Giannis, and yet there's this part of me that thinks it's Giannis, right? I mean, like there's there is this part of me that thinks just because it's there's going to be a free agency, there's 
obviously um, a, a goal to get him. I think that's the it's the goal of yeah. the Knicks and the Heat and everybody. And and look, Milwaukee's done everything right, and yet. Um, you know, I look at Toronto where they did everything right, and then Kawhi jumping to Los Angeles, and I just wonder if that isn't the most likely outcome here as well. Um, I don't mean to do that because I, I know I think that that conversation I know gets tiresome for people um, in in other markets, but like uh, there's a part of me that really thinks the nature of a guy playing in Milwaukee and the nature like the the nature of a guy playing in Milwaukee and being very coveted um, by the most storied franchises makes him necessarily the most likely well there's and there's history there too right like kareem yes from milwaukee that was a trade obviously but got trade got traded to uh the lakers in 1975 so i mean i don't know there's there feels like there's like a little precedent for the guy from milwaukee to uh, make his way to la uh i'm never gonna be allowed back in milwaukee which is one of my favorite cities um but i you know there's something about the harden thing that i kind of see something too although i have no idea how that would work with ad um i cannot imagine coaching that um i because i think you i think you're right that there it's it's not clear how long the houston thing is is going to last although i he also has that he also has that organization so you know is he really going to give that up to be part of someone else's story i, I don't i don't really know um you know, it could be it could be somebody else. It could be almost anybody else. It could be Brandon Ingram. It could be, you know, it could be Joel Embiid. Um, I, but, hey, you talk about not being able to go back to a city. It could be Zion Williamson. Yep. Yeah. Sorry to my friends in New Orleans. Yeah. So from this list, I mean, these these this this list of players, I think I think Giannis is probably the choice um, because there is a free agency coming up. Because, um, you know, he's at that stage in his career because it's Milwaukee versus L.A. And I, I and listen, I I'm I grew up rooting for a small market team that hated the Lakers. Like I, I, I do. I get it completely. But the reality, the realities of it are that, like, if, you, if you're telling me that somebody from that list is going to be a Laker in the next few years, at least I would I would say, well, then it must be that it must be Giannis. Uh, next question. Yeah, what is the primary reason for the Lakers having championship level success across generations? Good ownership, their eye for talent. They are in Los Angeles. Luck or other. This was a question that almost didn't make the survey because it was I felt like it was too hard to kind of um get at kind of the, the root of the question. But the I the question for Lakers fans was basically why do you think your team is just always so good and i know always isn't the case the last seven years have been brutal but that was also an unprecedented stretch of of futility by the lakers and when they came out of it it wasn't just they you know pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and got back in the playoffs and worked their way up they by the way have the best player in the world and are favorites for the championship again so um so to me i think the answer and this is this is a cop out so forgive me it's a little bit of all of it. The Lakers have had, you know, extraordinary leadership in Dr. Jerry Buss, who was a visionary for the game, um, who hired, you know, great people. They also got very lucky that the first player they 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 drafted after moving to L.A. was Jerry West, and they brought Elgin Baylor with them from from Minneapolis. They got lucky that Jerry 
Jerry Buss insisted they draft Magic Johnson over Sidney Moncrief, who we know was Jerry West's choice. And, you know, that's maybe that's luck or that's, you know, the eye for talent. Um, Jerry West recognizing that Kobe Bryant was, you know, a, a generational talent. Um, you know, certainly the Lakers drafted well over the last decade, you know, to get players that allowed them to get Anthony Davis. So there are pieces to all of this. If the Lakers were based in Salt Lake City, this probably doesn't happen because if all else fails, you are in a place that players want to live with a great climate. Um, you know, it, it just, I think it's all of it. Is that, is that a stupid answer, Brett? It is a stupid answer. Thanks. No, it's really not. It, it is, it is the right answer. I mean, it kind of the answer is other in a way. And like what you could lump this under in some ways is that it's, it's tradition, right? Which sounds right. That's a very like college sports answer. Success begets success. Yeah. I think if you're pinpointing one, just one of these things, and you have to say it's one, I think over the course of time, it's good ownership. And by extension of that good management, they've managed it very well. They used to just routinely rook people in trades. That's just a thing that happened in the eighties. Um, you know, they just they 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 were expert at building rosters. They were expert at building teams. They they hired all the right people for a long stretch of time. I think over the course of time, that goes back to the top ultimately. Um, and, and, you know, obviously the players, but the, the there are people who put those players into position like like Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant are. I mean, there was you know, a stretch. There was a stretch where the Lakers coach was Randy Fund and then um, right. Magic Johnson. But yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In those cases. Yeah. You have to have the, the players as well. So it's it's all that plays into it. California. Look, L.A. is a huge part of the Lakers success. There's no question because Showtime and, and everything that that entails, everything that goes with it. The, the climate is also a part of it. But look, like aside from the climate, New York is also a great place to play. Yes. It used to be viewed as a really like a destination spot in the NBA. It was a place that people dreamed of playing. Carmelo Anthony is basically like the last guy who felt that way about at least playing for the Knicks. The Nets are a little different now. But that that shows it to you, too. The Nets now are a place that people look to go because New York is very uh, appealing to guys who want to not only play and win, but be big stars and get big endorsements and all that sort of stuff, be global figures from a marketing perspective. Those guys aren't playing for the Knicks. And that that is that's an ownership and management situation, primarily in New York. It's an ownership situation. That to me is is a thing that has really separated the Lakers. It's not just about as I look out the window right now at this cloudy day, it's not just the weather. Oh yeah, it's such a gloomy day in Los Angeles. It's like slightly overcast in, in the sixties. Yeah. And, and all my friends in Michigan who were posting photos of the snow, <laughs> I apologize. Oh, my friends in Chicago. I know I have a ton of friends in Chicago who have like posted videos today of like standing out on their balconies or their roofs or, or whatever uh, of snow. So I, I don't mean to be uh, complain too much. I just mean like as I'm saying this, the weather's not great, but the weather is unquestionably a factor. I just think New York indicates that weather's I mean, that like that it's the fact that New York used to be a thing and now isn't indicates that it's not just the weather. New York is no longer a thing. The athletic reports. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks are really no longer a thing. And look, someday that will change. Someday that like th- th- there is an appeal of those places. There is a draw to New York and, and L.A. and certainly now to Miami, which I think belongs kind of in the same conversation in a lot of ways. And we'll see what happens, um, you know, with Giannis, who I think they've they've very much targeted and all that. But like um, those places are, are appealing. There's no question. 
Um, but there are other great cities that that players don't uh, line up to go to as much. And the Lakers, I think the fact that the Lakers have just always been good and have always, I mean, again, and again, and, you know, that comes with the caveat that not recently, but over the course of time, I think it's not just that it's a great place to play. And, you know, Jack Nicholson and Diane Cannon, Bill, who you wrote a very good story about today. Uh, it's not just that there are celebrities there and all that stuff. I think there's always been an impression around the league with with these pockets of exception that the Lakers will do what you're supposed to do to win. That if you go there, they're going to make every effort to build a winner around you. Well, that's certainly been the case in 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 the in the recent in the most recent example as well, where you know LeBron comes in the first year kind of a disaster, but um, by year two the Lakers get their act together and you know the you know Rob Palinka puts you know, a championship level roster around him. And, you know, obviously that gets us back to the question of whether we'll get to find out whether or not this championship level roster can actually win a championship. Um, but um, that it's certainly to your point, they, they, they delivered on the promises they made uh, when they, when they recruited him. So is that it select? Did we get through our questions? That's it. Wow. Well, okay. So guys, this is on the athletic. We're going to have the results this week. You can go check out the survey now, or you can just wait for, um, or you can just wait for the, uh, uh, the results next week. We'll probably discuss them here on basketball reasons. Um, this has been another episode of basketball reasons on the forum club, part of the athletics NBA podcast network. I am Bill Orem. Brett Dawson was on the line as always. And this week doubling as, uh, MC, mediator, game show host a little bit, producer Andrew Schleck. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Brett. We'll be back next week. <laughs>